Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. Uh, today uh, we are looking at another uh, email from a listener at primarycarepod at gmail.com. Uh, today's comes from another anonymous uh, source. Uh, let me pull up the email here. Okay, uh, email says, Hey Dr. List, I have a good holiday joke for you. It is not suitable, it is not suitable for work, so make sure you uh, justify this first. Okay, so everyone, if you have kids around you, I want you to not play this around any kids. Um, okay, uh, it's not that bad, but a kid should not hear this. Okay, so uh, the joke says, doctor is looking to sign a piece of paper. Pulls out a what he thinks is a pen out of his pocket. It turns out it's a rectal thermometer. The nurse looks at him and says, where's your pen? And the doctor says, ah, some asshole must have it. All right, that's the joke. Let's start the episode. Primary Care Podcast is written and by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast, produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, this is only a mini episode today. We're not doing a full episode. Uh, the mini episode today is a quick update. You know, recently we did a podcast on hair dyes cause breast cancer. It's a pretty good episode. Um, in that episode, uh, you know, we talked about how popular media took a single study showing a 9% relative risk reduction or relative risk increase, sorry, in permanent hair dye users compared to non-users. Uh, it was in a high-risk patient population, and yet, uh, you know, it was an amazing episode. If you haven't, if you haven't uh, listened to it, it was uh, recorded and edited by a wondrously brilliant and amazingly attractive young physician. Uh, you should really uh, listen to it, rate five stars, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, plug, plug, shameless plug, plug, plug. Um, but this update that I'm providing today, um, we're going to do a little bit more of a brief episode because this is on a completely different study. Again, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, the hair dye causing breast cancer, you can talk about that. Um, but I criticized the media and the way that that single journal article was reported in the national media because of uh, you know the incredibly low absolute risk increase associated with hair dye use, the number needed to harm of one in at least 10,000 or more. Uh, I criticized on how it was done in a high-risk population and yet conveniently never mentioned in most of the articles from popular media sources. Uh, I, I criticized how amazingly quick and widespread the news media from across the globe popped out articles in support of this. But here's a study. It was released on December 17, 2019. It was entitled Sustained Weight Loss and the risk of breast cancer in women greater than or equal to 50 years old. Uh, this study was, uh, sorry, a pooled analysis of prospective data. Now, the study was in the Journal of the National Cancer Institute. Okay, They followed 180,000 women in 10 different cohorts uh, for women greater than 10 years, for, for a period of greater than 10 years. Now, during the study, these cohorts had to have at least uh, women with at least three weights recorded over this 10-year study. Most had a lot more than that, but at least three different data points. The data from this study was very simple and very straightforward, as well as very unexpected based on everything we know about how much obesity increases your risk for cancer. 
specifically breast cancer, okay, compared to stable weight women, if women sustained weight loss over a 10-year period, they had a lower risk for breast cancer. Not unexpected, but very well documented. And the amount of weight lost caused a near linear reduction in the risk for breast cancer. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you have you have a, a increased weight gain directly correlated with a direct increased risk for breast cancer. There's a graph at the end of the study at the very, very end, if you go to the PDF, um, it's really, really convincing. There's a linear reduction in breast cancer, um, and they graph it out really clearly, and then a linear increase, well, not quite linear as you get to the extremes, but increased risk for breast cancer with increasing weight. Now, what's the what's the hard data? So weight loss of at least two kilograms, so in the range of four and a half to 10 pounds, and that's not even a ton of weight, but over 10 years, just losing four to 10 pounds, a relative risk reduction of 13% decreased risk for breast cancer, okay? And if you lost more than 20 pounds of weight during that period and sustained it and kept it off, a 26% relative risk reduction. Now, again, I criticize the other study for reporting relative risk. So what does this weight loss uh, what's that relate to? So that first group that at least four pound weight loss, uh, a number needed to treat to prevent, prevent one cancer of one in 2,800. So again, not amazing. Uh, but if you have greater than 10 pounds, the weight loss, uh, then your number needed to reduce, the number needed to reduce one breast cancer is one in eight, one, one in 1,800. And more than 20 pound weight loss was associated with a number needed to treat of 392. So you're morbidly obese, losing at least 20 pounds. The number needed to treat to prevent one risk of one case of breast cancer was 392. Now, again, caveat, this is not in high-risk patients. This is in your average patient. So this applies to almost everybody, almost everybody. These are all women, all comers, no differentiating family history or, or high risk. So even a more applicable and even a, an, in, even a higher uh, reduction in breast cancer by avoiding obesity, or at least reducing your obesity burden. Now, again, a four-pound weight loss in most of these women did not get them out of the obese range, but it decreased their rate of breast cancer. So doing anything seems to make a big change when it comes to breast cancer. So, um, but here's the scarier part. You know how we talked about, I criticized the media for the the hair dye study, you know, the incredibly low absolute risk reduction number needed of harm was in one in 10,000, right? Using the hair dye for seven years was associated with a one in 10,000 risk uh, of developing a breast cancer, right? at least 9,999 women unaffected, right? And I criticized all these things about it, right? But here are the facts about obesity, right? In this study, gaining five pounds over 10 years, five pounds over 10 years, in obese women, okay, was associated with a 0.9% absolute risk increase, which is a number needed to harm of 108. You heard me right. Just gaining five pounds over 10 years is associated with a number needed to harm of 108, a pretty decent absolute risk increase. That's scary. That is way more terrifying, way more terrifying than a infinitesimally small increased risk with hair dye, right? More weight gain equaled higher risk. At least 10 pounds of weight gain, number needed to harm of 68. And gaining 20 pounds over 10 years was associated with an absolute risk increase of 1.7%, which is equivalent to a number needed to harm of 57. Way 
way scarier stuff. And yet, where are the articles? Did, did, anybody, did anybody see this? Was this on your Facebook feed? Was this, where's the NPR story? Where's the, where's the Daily Mail story? Where's the, where's the popular media outrage? You know, we heard all this stuff about this, this hair dye causing breast cancer. I had women call, whatever. But where's the outrage about showing that 20 pounds of weight gain was associated with a 500 times increased risk? Sorry, my numbers are way off. 2,000 percent increased risk of breast cancer compared to gaining 20 pounds in a 10-year period. It's a shame. It's a shame that that's how the popular media reports health stuff. But again, have your patience. Focus on the big stuff, right? Don't worry about the little minutiae about hair dye and all this other stuff that in order to prove that there's a big, that there's an increased risk, you need to have a high-risk population. You have to follow them for a long period of time. And again, the absolute risk increase is infinitesimally small. Number needed to harms in the tens of thousands, if not more. Here's a number needed to harm of 57 in a incredibly common yet incredibly preventable and incredibly treatable condition. So focus on the big stuff, ignore the other stuff. Um, again, short little, oh, this is not short. It was eight minutes long. <laughs> Sorry for the uh, actual full episode. Um, so how'd we do today? Enjoy what you're listening to? Any suggestions on topics for the podcast or recommendations of articles, please send them to me at primarycarepod at gmail.com. That's all one word, primarycarepod at gmail.com. We'll also take any comments, questions, or concerns about the episode. If you want me to read your comment or question on the next episode, I can certainly throw them in. Please include whether you want to that comment or question to be anonymous or credited with your name. Please check the episode details for links for free CME. And so we'll wrap up another episode saying thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. This has been Dr. Mark List reminding you, you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks and have a great day.